I'd like to welcome everyone to our worship service uh, this morning here at West Irwin Church of Christ. If you are visiting with us online, we want to know that we want you to know that uh, we're pleased to have you joining us with our uh, worship. We're going to begin this uh, worship by singing number 77, Glorify Thy Name. Good morning. Hope everybody is doing well, and we're glad to have you here at West Irwin, whether in person or online. We're glad that you're here, and we know that you'll be blessed by being here. And 
say hello to somebody and tell them you love them and bless them as well. I've got a few announcements. Uh, I wanted to recognize uh, two new members that may not have been recognized already. Uh, most of you know, or some of you know, Evelyn Messer. I think she's here. Do you mind standing if you're here? And if not, then we're glad you're here. Oh, there she is, right here. Sorry. And also Drew Nunn. I don't. There's Drew over here. So we're glad to have you here and hope you find a, a, a welcoming home. Uh, also, I liked, we recognized our, our children uh, Wednesday night for the promotion of uh, school-age people. But we want to thank John Murray and his group from Brook Hill for being faithful and coming on Sundays. We're certainly glad to have you all here each and every week. And uh, it means a lot for, our, for you to be here, and it encourages us, and hopefully we can encourage you as well. So the group at Work Hill will appreciate you very much. You're loved. Uh, I just learned that Dale and Dot White uh, have or will have a 69th wedding anniversary. So we want to say congratulations, and uh, you're both... Uh, very patient people, <laughs> and we love you, and we wish you wish you well. Uh, also, there's an article in the bulletin about notepads for your children. I don't think they've made it here yet uh, for the back of the pews where the cards are, but if you'll uh, allow your children to doodle, draw, play hangman, or take notes from Bill's sermon on those pads and then take them home with you, discard of them, whatever, and that will allow us to keep the attendance cards, the encouragement cards and all in order. So that's coming. Of our sick, I'm going to go ahead and go through the list, and then we'll just have a have a prayer after that. So Harold Denman is in hospice. Uh, Shirley is uh, tested negative. She'll, she's been able to be with him a little bit. So we want to keep the whole Denman family in our prayers. Uh, Lonnie Brown is now in Christus with COVID and room 473. I think he's having some lung trouble. Uh, Carter and Reese Pippen, Ralph Henderson, who uh, found out he's kind of struggling a little bit with the with the COVID, uh, Lauren and Kaylee Deliveday, Terry Shaw, David Wicks, Greg Latham, who has pneumonia as well, Bob Stevens, who's the preacher in, in Troop, and I believe he's Little John's dad. Uh, Carolyn Walmart will have a minor day surgery t- Tuesday. Minor. Is that right? <laughs> okay, and also my mother-in-law, Frances Lowe, Sharon's mom, will have a, a new surgery tomorrow in Frisco. And we want to pray for Trista Wally, the granddaughter of the Hales, Lucinda Edmonds, Ponder Wright's cousin. And let's all remember our October seminar with Kyle Butts. Let's go ahead and get the word out. The brochures are here or will be here shortly so you can pass them out to friends or enemies and... Uh, Invite them to come and be part of the church here. I'm going to read from 1 Chronicles 16, verses 8 through 10. Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord in his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles, and the judgments he has pronounced. Let us pray.
Heavenly Father, we bring before you the names of those we mentioned earlier who have illnesses and disease and are in need of your healing, comfort, and peace. Bless their families and give them what they need to be strong. Be with those who are suffering from illnesses such as depression, loneliness, and addiction. Support them, O Lord, with your blessings. We thank you for this church and our new members and those that have sustained this church through sacrifice and truth. We pray that you will continue to be with us and keep this church alive and grow in knowledge, numbers, and faith. May our worship be genuine and true and our ministries lift us up as well as the lost. Lift them up to know that you are the true and living God. We thank you for the blessings you provide for us each day. We pray for our children, parents, single families, and our older generations. We make up the body of this church, and we cannot do it without your wisdom, support, and intervention, as you are in control. We pray for the tragedies around this world, the storms and natural disasters that have devastated our land and lives, the situation in Afghanistan, and help us pray for those that are involved and affected. We pray for peace that only you can provide. We pray for a successful seminar with Kyle Butt, that we may be energized and invite others to learn the truth of how you are the beginning and will remain there forever. We pray for our ministers and staff, the Hispanic congregation, our neighborhood church, and all the missions that we have locally and internationally that we support. May you bless these efforts to seek and save the lost. We pray your blessing upon this assembly this morning that we will worship you in truth and faith, not only here in this assembly, but in every moment of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Good morning. Proverbs 17, 17. A brother loves, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Jesus was a man when he was on earth, and he stubbed his toe, he had friends, he made jokes, and he uh, just laughed, talked, and when you called his name, he would turn around to face you. Uh, today, let us remember that Jesus is our friend and he is our brother. Let us always um, call his name and reach out to him, and he will uh, reach out to us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for everything you've given us. We thank you for your friendship and your brotherhood that you not only gave to your disciples and those who followed you, but also that you give to us. We thank you for your body uh, that was broken, that was sacrificed for us, for the forgiveness of our sins. We love you, Father, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Romans 5, 9 through 11. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through the, our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Jesus, while being a man and a friend to all, was also and is now fully God. He is divine, and he is uh, with us all the time. Because of his blood that was shed for us um, through his death, we are saved. But now, through his life, which brings so much more glory than death, rejoice and take part in the glory that God gives through his life and resurrection. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you especially for your death, for your blood that was shed that cleanses us. We thank you more for your life and for your resurrection, which makes us whole and which gives us so much more glory than we can ever imagine. We thank you, Father, for all these things and for much more. In your name we pray, amen. As we take time to give uh, to our church and to God, let us also remember that giving is not only just our money or our time. It is a, a state of mind more. Uh, we must die to our flesh and die to our wants and our desires. And we must always be willing and ready and able to serve God and be able to seize the opportunities when he presents them. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day, and thank you for giving us so much. We thank you for the sunshine, the birds, the trees, and just friends and family all around us. Help us to give just a portion of what you have given us, uh, for it is by giving that we receive, and it's in parting that we are pardoned, and it's by dying that we are born to eternal life. Help us die and to put our flesh to the sword and to only live in your spirit so that we may give others and give to you what is due to you. We love you, Lord. Let your will be done in all things. In your name we pray. Amen.
Let's sing and invite our kids to come up to kids' time today. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Jesus died for all the children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus died for all the children of the world. Jesus rose for all the children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus rose for all the children of the world. You know, earlier when Brother Peter was talking about how Jesus was our friend and he was our brother... And he would call, if someone called his name, he would turn and answer. And that is exactly right. And you all have friends, right? Does anybody here have a friend? Okay. A, A few of you we may need to reach out to there. But for the most part, I think everyone has, has a friend. Now, what do you like about your friend? You like their animals? Okay. Or maybe the animals are their friend. What is it, babe? You like an elephant, okay? Uh, who, who says friends can't be four-legged creatures, right? You like to play video games with your friend, that's right. You like to spend time with them, that's right. Is that you back there, Sebastian? What is it? They're always there for you. Wonderful, that's right. You can have what, sweetie? How we can have teamwork when we play softball or teamwork when you're bringing little Suma up for uh, kids' time, right? What is it, babe? Okay, somebody that'll lift you up when you fall backwards, right? You like to watch what? Oh, well, you watch YouTube together, okay? Um, your parents may or may not know about that. That's great. You like to play games. Ooh, me too. You like to play with friends. That's good. What, what is it? I like to play videos. You like to play videos. Well, you know, a lot of the things that we have just said are things that mean that we spend time together and that we do some of the things that we like, but we also do things that they like. And that's what being a good friend means. And, and just like we've said today, Jesus came and he spent time on this earth As a man, even though he was the son of God, even though he was God's son, he spent time and he did the best thing that anybody could ever do for us. Do you remember what that was? He died for us. That's right. And so we're very thankful that Jesus loves the little children, that Jesus died for all the little children, and that Jesus was raised for all the little children of the world. And as we go to our our children's worship or back to our seats right now, let's sing about how Jesus lives for all the little children of the world. Jesus lives for all the children, all the children of the world. 
red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus lives for all the children of the world. His name is wonderful, Jesus, my Lord. What a great reminder in a very difficult time. You know, as Christians, we we try to have that balance where we acknowledge the difficulties that we're going through or that others are going through, while at the same time acknowledging our faith is in Jesus Christ. And his name is wonderful, and he will see us through. And he will see the world through. However, in his great and glorious will, he chooses to do that. Having our kids up here is a great reminder that in spite of all of the difficulties that are very real, uh, the bad news that is horrifying many times, still we see a lot of hope and joy in these kids. And we also see a great future that Jesus Christ has for us. And so we meet today in great faith and we seek God's help and God's blessing on those that we are especially concerned with, our own loved ones that are going through such a hard time. And also those around the country and in distressing places such as in California with the fires and in uh, the northern part of the Gulf Coast that is facing a horrendous storm right now even as we speak. Um, So many other places in Haiti as they continue to recover from the earthquake in Afghanistan with all the the horrible, horrible, um, disastrous things that are going on there brought about uh, by evil men. And we realize that in the midst of all of this, still there is that presence of God. Uh, Still there are those who name the name of Christ and continue to live faithfully to him in spite of all of the difficult things around them. We're continuing to look ahead 
uh, to our Welcome Home Sunday on the 19th, to our uh, Defending the Truth seminar with Kyle Budd of Apologetics Press, October 23rd and 24th. Uh, Next Sunday, Lanny Tucker from Eastern European Mission will be here talking about the incredible amount of Bibles that they continue to give away in Eastern Europe and in Russia. And it is just an amazing, incredible story, uh, the wonderful success that they're having in doing that. Our adult Bible classes are going back to close to normal on September the 12th. And uh, there's just a lot of great, great things uh, going on. Uh, Tomorrow evening, our elders will be meeting and uh, they'll be reflecting some on the poll that we took last week on our Sunday night activities. We had 90 or so uh, turn in those uh, survey forms and that's that's actually a great, great thing uh, as we handed those out in our Bible classes last Sunday morning. So, um, so much, so much going on, so much that is hard to watch hard to handle, hard to overcome. And yet in the midst of it all, there is still those reminders that Jesus loves all the little children of the world, whether they are in Tyler, Texas, or in South Louisiana or Mississippi or in Afghanistan. Jesus loves all the little children of the world. And his name is Wonderful. We've been going through on Sunday mornings a series of lessons on Jesus and different individuals that he had interaction with, that he spent time with uh, while he was on this earth. As Peter shared, he lived a, a, a human life and he had real conversations with people in real life situations. And he interacted with them about those things and it helps us because we go through the same things. Throughout this series, we've reflected on interactions and relationships that Jesus had with others during his earthly life. And so we close this series today with one last consideration, my relationship with Jesus. We've talked about his relationship with his family, his apostles, the uh, Jewish and Roman leaders of his day. We've talked about interactions on a personal level with individuals such as Nicodemus or the Samaritan woman at the well or the woman that was healed or all of those interesting and uh, encouraging stories. But they all build to today. Because what is of ultimate importance for us is our relationship with Christ. What is of ultimate importance to me is my relationship with Jesus. And so today we speak of Jesus and me and what he did and what he called on us to do to make it possible for us to actually have a close relationship with the creator of the universe, the savior of the world, the son of God himself. Four simple things today, first of all, separated from Jesus. 
separated from Jesus. We're going to be primarily in three different passages of Scripture, Ephesians 2, Titus 3, and Colossians 2. We'll mention several others that are on your handout or on the screen, some that won't be. But this first one starts in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, and in Titus 3, verse 3. Ephesians 2, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Similarly, in Titus chapter 3, these words in verse 3. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. Aren't you glad the story doesn't start, stop there? Aren't you glad there's a verse four in, in Ephesians two? There is so much there, so much there that reminds us that at one time we were all separated from Jesus and we were separated from Jesus because of our sin not because of anything he did, not because of anything God did, but because of what I did, because of my sin. And the result of my sin is I was separated from God. Isaiah 59 clearly says that. Your sins have separated you from your God. Romans 1 through 3 says everyone has sinned. The non-Jews have sinned. The Jews have sinned. All have sinned and come short of God's great glory. In fact, more than that, Romans 5 tells us that just as Peter shared in that wonderful meditation as we gathered around the table together, we were enemies of Christ. There was a time when we were enemies of his. And that was on us. It was because of us. But in that great passage that was shared in Romans chapter 5, there's the rest of that statement. While we were his enemies, Christ died for us. Romans 5 tells us clearly that, you know, some people will die for a good cause. That's a, that's a great thing. And it's not something that everyone would do. And we've been reminded of that this week with those brave souls who are putting their lives on the line to try to get the innocent people out of Afghanistan and some who have even lost their lives doing so. Scripture tells us that, you know, there's a lot of people that would put their lives on the line for something that is good, for someone that is good. But God takes it a step further. It's not when we were his friends that he died for us. It's not when we were good that he died for us. It's when we were at our worst are most sinful. It's when we were his enemies. That's when Christ died for us. And that is our second point today. When we were separated from Jesus because of our sin, he came and he lived and he died. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The great verses in John chapter three that 
talk about how God so loved that he gave his one and only son so that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life, would not die, but have everlasting life. In John 10, Jesus is the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. During our shepherd's prayer time, our shepherd David Hammond quoted from Luke chapter 19, verse 10 that talks about how Jesus came with that purpose in mind to seek and to save that which was lost. And the only way he could do that was by giving his life. It's absolutely outrageous that Jesus would do this for us. And yet he did. Not when we were at our best, but when we were at our worst, when it would seem like it would be the last thing someone would do for me. That's when Jesus not only put his life on the line for me, but actually gave his life for me. We read about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 as Paul the apostle writing to that church at Corinth reminds them of what the gospel actually is. And he spells it out. This is the gospel that Jesus died for our sins, that he was buried, that he was raised again, and that people can attest to that. This was not something that was done in a corner, and I can't wait for Kyle to get here. I can't wait for October 23rd and 24th, although we do have a few things to do in preparation. But as we're doing those things, we're looking ahead to this time when he can come and he can remind us. He can remind us, we still accept all of these things by faith, but it is a very credible faith. The resurrection is something very credible to believe because of when it happened and where it happened and who saw it and who attested to it. Even the Romans and the Jews accidentally (laughs) provided great proof that what we were hearing was true by having an extra guard knowing ahead of time that he had said he would be raised. They tried to take extra effort to make sure that tomb would stay closed, that body would still be in there, and yet it was not. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ, how he died for our sins, how he was buried, how he was raised on the third day, and how people, eyewitnesses, attested to that right there in the same city within days, and then actually within just a couple of months, the church began and the story began to be spread to everyone. Still right there. Not far at all from where that tomb was. That tomb that was now empty. Oh, Lamb of God, sweet Lamb of God. I love the holy Lamb of God of God, that wonderful Twyla Paris song we sang earlier, reminds us and calls us to remember the crucified and resurrected Savior. That is the gospel. Paul tells the Romans, I'm not ashamed to tell that story. I'm not ashamed to share that gospel anywhere. Even in the center of the Roman Empire, I can share that story because it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. First for the Jew, then for the non-Jew. We see that in chapter three as he delineates. This is exactly how we're saved. We were separated from God. All have sinned and come short of God's glory. Yes, Romans three tells us that, but it tells us that in the context of the gospel. 
It tells us that in the context of saying, because everyone has sinned, everyone is available to be forgiven through the blood of Christ. What a great, great gospel that is. That while we were sinners, while we were his enemies, while we were separated from God, Christ died for us. And he was raised from the dead. And now we have a living hope. Well, so then we ask, okay, so what now? And that means one of two things. It means everybody is saved no matter what, since Jesus died and was raised. Or it means there's a response of faith. It's not something that we do to earn salvation, but it's something that we respond to out of a heart that's given over in conviction and love and humility to the one who died for us. We were separated from Jesus. We hear the gospel of Jesus, how he died for our sins, and then we are saved by Jesus. And so this is when we go back to our verses in Ephesians 2 and in Titus 3, first of all, and in a moment in Colossians 2. The first three verses of Ephesians 2 talk about how we were dead in our sins. And then beginning in verse 4, we read this. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, verse 8. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. The verses in Titus 3, beginning in verse 4, follow along almost exactly the same. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. And now we go to Colossians 2 and read verses 9 through 15. For in Christ... All the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by or in Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism, verse 12, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. Verse 13, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away nailing it to his cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. All three of these passages, Ephesians 2, 
Colossians 2 and Titus 3, they all share the same message. They all share the message of the gospel. How we were dead in our sins and how God made us alive through Jesus Christ. It is by grace you have been saved. And it is by grace you have been saved, as Paul says, through faith. Yes, there is a response. It is the response of faith. It's the response that says, I believe in this story. I believe in that blood that was shed for me. And I'm willing to act on that belief. Biblical faith is an active faith. And so it talks about how we respond by faith. And and we can't glory in that, Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, because even that is the gift of God. We can't take pride in our response of faith. We can't look at others in a haughty or arrogant way as if we're better than them because we have responded by faith, because we have repented or we have confessed or we have been baptized. That is the gift of God. And it in no way earns us salvation. It in no way earns us forgiveness. Because without the blood of Jesus being shed, none of that matters. None of it matters. We simply could not save ourselves. We would have had to stay in that situation where we were his enemies and we were separated. But because he died for us, there is a response of faith. As Paul writes in Titus 3 that we just read, he says, it is through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Hearkening back, perhaps, to that interaction between Jesus and Nicodemus in John 3, when Jesus told that Jewish leader, you must be born of water and the Spirit, through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Paul would later say, In Mark chapter 16, we read how the gospel is this. We're called upon to preach the gospel to every creature. The one who believes and is baptized shall be saved. The one who does not believe will be condemned. In John chapter 3, that call to be born again of water and spirit. In Acts chapter 2, that call to repent, to change your life. In that first gospel sermon that that Peter preaches and that the other apostles are preaching... And then they're asked the question, what do we do? I believe what you're saying is true. What now? And Peter says, because Jesus died for you, there is an answer to that question. And it is to repent, to change your life, and to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, who died for you and who was raised from the dead, for the forgiveness of your sins through that blood and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 8, when Philip was talking to that Ethiopian treasurer, that man became so convinced that the, of this message that he asked Peter, look, or asked Philip, hey, why can't I be baptized? <laughs> Philip didn't have to nudge him on. He was saying, stop the chariot, man. What's keeping us from doing this right now? And as he expresses his belief in confession, he is baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. The same with the Roman jailer in Philippi, that important Roman colony. As Paul and Silas are in jail on their mission journey for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, they're singing hymns. And God delivers them, provides that great earthquake in Acts 16, and yet they stay right there. And they save that man's physical life. And then he throws himself at their feet. And he says, what must I do 
to save my spiritual life, my eternal life. What must I do to be saved? The answer came back, believe, and you'll be saved. Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you and all your family will be saved. And then they continued teaching him the gospel of Jesus Christ. In that very same hour of the night, that man and all of his family were baptized into Jesus Christ. And they went back to the jail and the man and his family rejoiced. Why? Because they had come to believe in Jesus. They had responded by faith and in faith. Paul, when he was Saul of Tarsus, was told by a very nervous Ananias, what are you waiting for, man? You've been praying, you've been fasting for three days. You saw Jesus on the road. Of course you believe. Of course you repent. But there's still something you need to do to wash your sins away. Arise, get up, and be baptized. And wash away your sins, calling on his name. Calling on his name. During our communion, Peter shared that when Jesus was here and Someone would call him by name, he would turn. What a great image that was, brother. He still does that. He still does that. If you will call on Jesus' name, he will answer. He will turn. And he will respond. And he will save. And that's what Ananias told. Saul of Tarsus that day. What are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, wash away your sins, calling upon his name. We were separated from Jesus and he gave his life for us on the cross and he was raised from the dead. And when we respond by faith, we're saved by Jesus. And we ask the question again, now what? (laughs) Is that the end? And if God was only concerned with our salvation, that would be the end. But he's not. For God so loved the world in all of its sin and all of its horror and all of its trouble. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And so now that we're saved by Jesus, we spend our lives living for Jesus. Living for Jesus, and what a blessing it is. And so again, we turn back to those passages of scripture, starting in Ephesians 2, verse 10. After hearing that we were dead in our sins and that God saved us by grace through our response of faith, Now in verse 10 of Ephesians 2, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Very similar to Titus chapter 3, verse 8. Titus 3, verse 8. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. And now going back to Colossians chapter 2 and reading verses 6 through 8. 
So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. When we're dead in our sins, Jesus comes and he lives and he dies for us and God raises him from the dead and he ascends to heaven and he starts his church and now we're a part of that church. And now what? Now we commit our lives to doing good. We are God's workmanship created in him to do good works, good deeds. Not deeds, not works that can save us. We're already saved. We couldn't save ourselves. That's the gospel. Jesus died and saved us. Now, the question is, does it matter? Is anything different? Or am I going to continue to just live for myself? To do the things that I want to do. To do the things that I think will benefit me. Or will I spend my life living for this one who died for me. Later in Colossians in chapter three, Paul talks about how we are to spend our lives looking up, looking toward the one who will come again, concentrating and reflecting and living our lives based on things above not on things that are here. We're aware of these things and we try to act to help down here. But we recognize that our ultimate hope and our ultimate life is in heaven, in the presence of the creator of the universe and the savior of the world. But what's more important in the presence of my savior, our savior. And so as Colossians 3 continues on and talks about that life, it sums it up, Paul does in verse 17 when he says, everything we say, everything we do is done to honor God. It's done in the name of Jesus Christ through a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving. It's what Paul says to the Romans is living according to the spirit in chapter eight. It's living that new life that we've been raised to live out of that watery grave of baptism in Romans chapter six, it's making our lives living sacrifices. Putting ourselves on the cross in a symbolic way. Seeing our lives continue in this world, but being transformed. Living for Jesus. Faith without works is dead. That's what James 2 says. That's what Ephesians 2 says in verse 10. That's what Titus 3 says in verse 8. That's what Colossians 2 says. We've been saved to live for Jesus. We've been saved to do good at every opportunity. We were separated from Jesus and then the gospel of Jesus. He came and he lived and he died and he was buried and he was raised to life again. And now we've been saved by Jesus. 
through the response of faith. And so we're going about living for Jesus. So as we close this series today, we close it with this question. How are things right now between you and Jesus? Sure, the preacher in me loves talking about the Samaritan woman and Jesus, talking about the apostles and Jesus, Paul the apostle and Jesus, Pilate and Jesus. Those are fun things for me to think about and even preach about. But my question today, the one question of vital importance right now, this second, right here in this auditorium, wherever you are watching this online, is this question. How is your relationship with Jesus? How are things right now between you and Jesus? And if you've never been baptized into Jesus Christ, then we would love for you to do that. We would love to help you understand that, love to help you guide yourself through that and make that happen. If you've done that, but you've been away from Jesus, you've separated yourself again from this one who died for you. If you will call his name, he will turn and he will respond because more than anything else, he wants to have that relationship with you and he wants it to be close. He wants to be close to you. How are things right now between you and Jesus? You know, I wouldn't want to wish the last couple of years on any generation, <laughs> but here's what difficult times do. It is not a shallow faith that can survive difficult times. It is not a faith that is just on the surface that makes it through hard, troubling days, weeks, months, years, like we are in the middle of. How are things right now between you and Jesus? If we can help there, come as we stand and sing our song together. Hear the sweet voice of Jesus say, come unto me.
Before we close this morning, I wanted to read a, verse, a couple of verses from Isaiah 55. The title is an invitation to abundant life. Because we're going to go outside these doors, outside our sanctuary, outside our safe zone. The world isn't a pleasant place. But I've come to realize there's a lot of people watching me. And they say, hey, he's a man of Christ. I see it on him. It comes from him. There are people watching us. So I want to start in verse 12. For you shall go out with joy. And then led out of peace, the mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you. And all the trees of the, she- of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of thorn shall come up a cypress tree. Instead of a briar shall come up a myrtle tree. And shall be the Lord for, for a name, for everlasting sign that shall come, that shall not be cut off. For your thoughts, verse 8 are not my thoughts nor your ways my ways says the Lord for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts not your thoughts so take that to heart as I pray for this church this state, this nation, and this world Father we come to you humbly how great thou art We're so thankful for the opportunity and avenue of prayer. The leaders of this church that guide and direct your world, your word into this world. Father, we pray for those on the prayer and care list that you will heal them because we know you are the great physician and bring them number back in due time and their health. We pray for this great state, though not born here, I feel I've been here all my life. We pray for those that govern the state that will guide it in a biblical way. We pray for this nation who was founded on Christ, that the leaders of this nation will turn back and use your guide, this Bible, to guide this nation once again. And Father, we pray for this world, all the many people and souls that believe in you, that are persecuted. We lift their souls and their bodies up and their beings just that try to promote Christ and that some are just cut down. Father, we know you're the only one, only one the only way. And we're so thankful for, for you and your son and the price that he paid for each and every one of us, knowing none of us. We're thankful for all things in Christ's name. Amen.